Check one, two, three, four. Check. <laughs> Stand by. Okay. Check one, two, three, four. <laughs> Stand by. Okay, that was my monitor. We're good. We're coming live. We're good. Stand by. Come on and listen. We got suggestions on the Bird Talker Radio. If your bird's misbehaving, we'll help you save it on the Bird Talker Radio. If your bird's getting rowdy, just call and say howdy on the Bird Talker Radio. We are birds of a feather. We'll stick together on the Bird Talk Radio. Dot com. Live from Kansas City, KC Bird Whisperer International Productions presents Bird Talk live online. I'm your host, Mike Kiger. We are live tonight with Candace Tanner with Magnolia Exotic Bird Sanctuary. She's on the phone right now. Candace. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome to Bird Talk Live Online. Thank you. I'm excited. I am Here too. Story. <laughs> yes. I I was just doing the the promo before you came on and I was telling the listening audience how much I love having the rescues and sanctuaries on the show. It's it's just beautiful what you're doing and and the commitment and your kind I mean I think to me rescue and sanctuary operators are kind of like the saviors of, of pet birds and you know uh, magic at Zoxy bird sanctuary said on air um, when I had him on the show he said I'm not here just to save the parrot I'm here to save the parrot owner is that right. does that uh, yes. sound familiar it does, it does. Um, oftentimes, when someone's ready to, or they think they're ready to surrender their parrot, um, you know, with guidance and education from Sharon, uh, Sharon is the president and founder. She's the heart and soul of Magnolia Exotic Bird Sanctuary. And with her help, um, she helps them keep their parrots in their home. And that's always a great, great feeling that they don't have to be moved. They, you know, don't have to go somewhere new and they don't have to be scared. So, um, and I think I, you know, one, a quick story. Um, one of them, um, a gentleman who was considering surrendering his golfing cockatoo, um, after Sharon met with him and talked to him at length, um, she determined that his little guy wasn't getting enough sleep because he screamed all the time. And so she even tried to help him keep his bird. Yes. So after finding out, you know, like where, you know, where does he sleep? Where's your cage? You know, what's it like in your family? Um, you know, she figured out that um, he was up too late and up too early. Um, and then once she recommended that he get a sleep cage and put him in the, he had a very busy household uh, with teenagers and to get a sleep cage, 
in the you put it in the quietest room in your house and put them to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. So uh, I've heard that. it worked. It worked. I've heard, I've had a couple of experienced agriculturists say, actually one in particular, uh, Tony Silva said 12 hours is good for large birds. Yes. And I think he even said they need 12 hours. Yeah, they really do. And, um, you know, particularly during breeding season, um, they have minimum of 12 hours and could even go to 13 or 14. Um, but it, it, I think anything less than 10, um, they're just miserable. They're like us. They get really cranky. And um, so... You experience that. <laughs> yes, no sleep and you get cranky. And um, so the sleeping is really, really important. Um, we Sharon has um, uh, Mr. P, who lives in her living room and she has a sleep cage in a back bedroom and about 10 after eight, he starts yelling like every night because it's bedtime for him. And as soon as she puts him to bed, he's just as quiet as he can be and sleeps all night long. Starts yelling. Wow. I, I heard something similar with, um, Ginger Duplessis was on the show about a year ago doing a forestry training show and she mentioned that one of her African greys and, and this is kind of in the in the same uh, same discussion here about their sleeping and timing of their sleep but she mm-hmm. said that one of them was so used to her coming around at a certain time in the evening to pick up their food bowls and water bowls because she takes their food and water bowls out of their cages every evening, all of it. And then it's a kind of a tactic or strategy for training because she says in the morning, they're all really glad to see her because she's bringing the food. Because, you know, all these trainers, you know, they got food, they got food in their pockets and, and they're always right, holding right. a little kernel of sunflower seeds in their hand or something. You know, food-based training is the thing because, you know, these birds are too smart, you know, to go for anything else. You have to have something they That's want. Right. <laughs> they want it can't really use, bad. <laughs> you but, can't use hand signals with parrots. No, no, they don't care. Yeah, they're like... I don't. I don't care what you're doing over there. You got something to eat, <laughs> right? Exactly. Got my favorite well, treat. Yeah, yeah. How about a pistachio? You know, you can make all the faces you want and tell me how much you love me, but I'm not doing anything, you know, unless I get a pistachio at least. You know. Well, one of her birds. It was so. They're so funny. They're so. Listen, I say, if you never had one of these birds, it's it's. It's one thing after another. It's always something new, and they pick up on the darndest things, kind of like little kids do. You know, kids say the yep. the darndest things. You know, and, um, that this African gray, um, she says, started saying every evening at the time that she usually comes around to pick up the food and water bowls. Time to pick up the food and water. Time to get the food and water. Pick up the food wow. and water now. Yes, yeah, the bird tells her, hey, 
Okay, it's come and pick up the food and water now. Yeah. And I think it's, we were uh, listening on, Candace mentioned breeding season. And I just wanted to mention that what she's, I'm pretty sure I'm right on here, what she's talking about is not uh, the time of the year that breeders, you know, get all their birds to lay eggs and breed. Right, right. I mean, it is, but it could be. But I think she was talking about circadian rhythm because you don't have any birds breeding at the sanctuary, right? So breeding season Correct. is breeding season everywhere, right? Yeah, just like every because other of circadian animal. rhythm. No matter if they're right. you're breeding them or not, they they still get into those breeding modes, right? Yes, they do, and and they also. Um, change some more than others. You know, it depends on the depends on the bird. Depends on a lot of different things. But they, but your your sweet pet bird now is trying to bite you, or has bitten you. And um, breeding season is really important to as the owner to really pay close attention to their physical actions. And if all of a sudden they don't want you to put your hand in their cage, don't do it. Um, It will pass and they'll go back to being that nice bird, but you have to work with them. I mean, all animals have a breeding season. You know, we're accustomed in, in this country that, you know, cats and dogs generally get spayed and neutered. You can't do that to parrots. It's not, you know, it's just not ever going to happen. So we really have to watch during breeding season if they start to change um, to just work with what they're going through. They get and, hormonal, uh, right? They get they get very they get very hormonal. They get aggressive um, sometimes. They can get aggressive, or they're yelling, or they're you know constantly, you know you know, wanting to mate with you as their, you know, companion. So they're, you know, I they're mean, they're so intelligent. Right. They get the urge, even though they may not even have a mate, right? Just right. Like, well, the you cage. are their mate. Yep, right. you are their mate. So Re- Yeah, they bond gonna, with you. So Yep, they bond, and they're going right. to try and breed with you. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Listen, so, guys, believe so it or not, just... just that's know. right. That's right. Well, I don't know I if we need to go too far with that. <laughs> this is no, a family show, but <laughs> you can figure it out. Uh, just right. search online, exactly. and you'll see some videos. There's some I videos know. of this yeah. out there, right? Yeah, they're out there. I personally never posted one. They are out there, though. But <laughs> the other thing is, too, yeah. is I just, you know, I just want people to know to just be patient. It will pass. You'll get your the bird that you knew before breeding season started for them. You'll get that bird back. Um, so just be patient. And, you know, we often get phone calls, particularly cockatoo owners, um, during breeding season because they got bit. And they got bit bad, you know, not just, um, and now they're, and now they're frightened of their, of their pet. They can so, bite really hard. Really, really hard. Really hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. In um, the pet store, when you're looking at them and the salesman showing you the bird, the bird's all friendly because they're used to being there and they're used to being with that salesperson, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Often, isn't that often the story that you hear, Candace? I went and got this bird. Yeah. It was really friendly at the pet store. I held it and kissed it. I brought it home. Went and reached in the cage the next day, and it bit me hard. Yep. Yes. And Which you know, could be for other reasons besides breeding, too, right? Right. It could be because, you know, change is very hard on them. They're smart. They know they're not in their home where they were before. That was their home. And now they've gone to a new home with new sounds and people. And um, it is. The commitment is huge, but the rewards are even bigger. If if you can hang in there, you'll have a best friend for the rest of your life. But they're complicated, sensitive, have memories, suffer grief and trauma, loneliness, boredom. Um, if they have everything they need, just hang in there. They will become your best friend, like no other. And they do. Um, yeah, they get attached. Yeah, well, don't they? They get very, very attached. And um, we have many surrenders um, from, you know, pretty much the baby boomer age, and the parents are outliving them, or. The owner is in their 80s and have gotten sick or have to go to assisted living, passed away. Um, and you know, generally speaking, I don't know a lot of people that own parrots that their kids want them because it's a very unique relationship and a lot of people don't understand it. So when, um, you know, the baby boomers right now are, um, you know, constantly calling us. Can you take my pet bird? And, you know, right right now we're at capacity. We're at 180. Um, and which kind of will lead me to something else I think I, I mentioned to you when we spoke earlier. Um, if you, if for the listening audience, if you live in the Houston area, uh, we are looking for fosters. Um, we have uh, several birds that uh, need to be fostered until we can find a permanent home for them. Um, yes, they're, so that's they're, not they're a permanent pet. home. It's just, can you take care of this bird, socialize it with your family until we can get a match for, the, for this bird, right? Yes, yes. Because... Because at the sanctuary, we don't want to um, have, you know, a companion parrot uh, live there for two years. Because now they've adjusted to that life. Because of the, the two, I want to jump in right here because listening audience, they have birds there that never leave the sanctuary they're not adoptable and i and what candace is saying is these birds that are adoptable they want to get them into a 
another home as soon as possible, right? So they don't get too used yeah. to being with this big yeah. flock at your sanctuary and not want to yeah. leave or, or have a hard time adjusting when you do get adopted because they've been there with your large flock for so long. Am I on the right track? Yes, you're absolutely on the right track. And because, um, and to kind of back up a little bit in the timing of what's happened over the years at the sanctuary is when Sharon first started 20 years ago rescuing parents, they were all kind of like you, you know, you know, like what Michael Cox does. I mean, they were all abused, abandoned, neglected, breeder birds they were going to throw away, their mate died, didn't want them anymore, you know, all those, all those things. But over, over the last four or five years, our, our actual work has had to change. We've had to adjust what we do and how we do it because of the uh, pets coming from the elderly. Mm-hmm. And it's not I haven't fair. heard that before. When you yeah. when you mentioned it to me before we went on air, I just I just realized I haven't heard this before. Listening audience, I've done a lot of shows, and usually uh, people I talk to say, "Well, you know, parrots live so long, you'll find them in attorneys' wills because you know the parrot owner knows they're going to outlive the bird's going to outlive them, so they put them in their will." And they pass them on to their family. We've had people tell me, "Yeah, well, my kids are gonna are gonna take my my birds when I'm gone." But I haven't heard anyone. Of course, you're in the business of of receiving a lot of the unwanted or or birds mm-hmm. that people can't keep anymore. And this is a new this is a new reason. Listening audience, I've never heard this. So their kids, why wouldn't their kids want them? Can, can we talk about that a little more? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I have an opinion about it. I don't know if it would apply to everyone. But what I see in general is that because of the very special relationship that humans have with their parents, you know, it's very special. It's very specific. It's unlike a dog or a cat or a rabbit or a guinea pig. I mean, it's unlike any other domesticated animal. And um, it doesn't necessarily fall that their kids have the same passion. I don't think it's... Or the I bird, don't think it's, right? Or the bird. Maybe the bird I, yeah, won't I don't, like them. Right. And I don't think it's um, because people's children don't care. They just, have, you know, don't know how to take care of them. Don't They've been leading a different life interested. with no pets or professional career right. or something. Or, right. Or they yep, just, or they have a, they're just not bird people, right? They're, they're just not bird people. Some people are yep. just not bird people. They just, yep. it doesn't work for them. Maybe, you know. It just doesn't well, because you know, yeah. I mean, you know from your own, um, they're loud, they're yeah. messy. Yeah. Um, they can they, bite hard. They can bite hard. They can drive you crazy. Um, <laughs> they can bite as hard as your German Shepherd or Pit Bull. Listening on it, believe it or not. <laughs> now you Pit Bull guys sitting there going, yeah, right. 
Uh, I invite you to come over and try and pick up my car one day and, and see what happens because he's, he's going to bite you. <laughs> he's not going to he's not going to let go until I take something until I pry his beak off of your finger. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and and not because he's mean. He's just I have a rescue macaw, and, and it's just it's just. A, I, I can handle him. I can I, I can't actually handle him, but I can take care of him and I have for four years now and I can move him around if I need to. You know, I can deal with him. But you can't touch him and he will bite you really hard. If you try to you reach for him, it's gonna you're gonna get it. You know, he's he just he's yeah. not vicious, he's just afraid of people. And we have he hasn't got over it. You know, and and, and he may never but may maybe, never. Maybe, right. with, maybe with a few more years with you, maybe you'll be able to I touch so. Or maybe not. You don't, I'm not you don't really it. know. I'm, there's, I have a plan uh, for a time uh, when I get, I'm going to take some time off work and I'm going to get him out on play stands and, and uh, try to work some of the positive reinforcement methods I learned mm-hmm. from Ginger and see if I can get him over the fear of being touched. You know, he's mm-hmm. he, he's not really afraid of anybody, he's just afraid of anybody touching him with your hands. You can take right. one of his feathers and and rub his, his head with one of his feathers, but you try to reach up with your hand and pet him, uh-uh, it's not happening. Something bad probably happened to him and they remember. Or, well, he spent the first 12 years of his life in a garage, and all they did was feed him and water him. He didn't have any socialization. I don't think anybody ever handled him. You know, in the first 12 years, from the time he's a baby to 12 years old, that's when I got him, when he was about 12. Yeah. And yeah, someone rescued him from that, that yeah, non-loving situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's huge. They... um. Um, you know, we have many that that's happened to, and you know, sometimes they never recover. They just never do, and never will. Um, but I want to go just touch a little bit back on the planning of the baby boomer, uh, the elderly. You mm-hmm. know, oftentimes people don't do just what I would consider maybe regular financial planning. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when we're 80? What's going to happen if we live to be 92? Um, and so there, you know, there's a large group of people out there that either have nothing to financially plan for, or just never even thought about it, which also includes their pets. If you're not planning kind of the bigger picture, oftentimes not just a parrot, but there have been no plans made for their pets. So that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, great people, great kids, great families, and they just don't know what to do. And we gladly accept them with open arms um, to prevent that parrot getting sold over and over and over again. We know they'll be safe with us 
if they're well socialized, then eventually they'll be adopted. But we don't want them going on Craigslist. There's a big, yeah, temptation to sell the bird. They're worth a lot of money, right? A worth a lot of money. Macaw yeah. go for two grand. That, and yeah. because in listing audience, we we can't import any of these birds into the USA, and that's there's been a ban on importation for a long time. So there's a huge demand, retail demand for these birds. Um, mm-hmm. And I I talked to some of the pet stores in the USA over four years, and they they told me this. They say there's a big demand because. Even the local breeders in the USA are selling their birds and shipping them out to other countries. You are listening to Bird Talk Live Online on the Bird Talk Radio streaming show network. Bird Talk Radio is the world leader in aviculture talk radio, streaming the bird love 24 7, 365 worldwide. Visit birdtalkradio.com for links to the podcast shows and information about our very popular Bird Talk Radio shows. Thank you for tuning in to Bird Talk Radio today.